you're listening to a message from Kaleo Phoenix, a church plant in downtown Phoenix that creates space for people to practice the ways of Jesus together. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's, it's always a, a beautiful challenge, and I'm so thankful to be here again. I'm so thankful for everyone in the building that is here. Um, and I'm so thankful for Kaleo trusting me to, um, to hear from the Holy Spirit and to, to be authentic. That's what I love about Kaleo is the, that we, got, we get to be authentic and to really have a safe space to, um, to, to land from like the turbulent winds of the world. And so I'm just thankful. Um, Chris had originally not given me a passage to go over, but today, Pastor Erin, I think it was her, tagged a scripture, and when um, I was mulling over, like, what the Holy Spirit was, like, telling me or shaping in my mind on what to, like, e- even think about, the scripture was, like, so key. It was, like, the answer it was the end-all, be-all. I'm like, oh, thank God. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna stick with the scripture, um, I'm going to go ahead and read it. It's um, Matthew 25, 38, uh, Matthew 25, starting at 30, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty or or give you drink? And when when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or, or naked and clothe you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, truly, I say to you, 
as you did not do to one of the least of these, you did not do unto me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Amen. Um, this week, it, it really hit me. And uh, I was like, okay, I think, I, I'm like, Holy Spirit, where are you going with this? I was telling Jay about this, I think today or yesterday, just mulling over a concept. And um, really quick, when people listen to my messages, they're like, it's so poetic. I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I used to write a ton of poetry when I was a teenager, and it started like the um, the whole uh, process of becoming like a an, an artist and writing songs and recording um, original music. And so ever since then, also I had, come on in girl. <laughs> also I had a bit of a, a bit, not of like a stutter, but um, I was born with a, being half um, half deaf. And so it was really sometimes, especially when I was a little younger, it was, it was difficult for me to shape my words, difficult for me to sing lyrics because I was in a band when I was a teen, which is really, which is a one-off. Um, I was in a band and I, I couldn't like go through these lyrics and sing these fast songs. So I'm like, let me recite poetry. So I started to recite poetry. And so now it's just with me, the poetry part. It's very poetic. <laughs> um, but back to this week really hitting me, the concept I shared in it, and it kind of came out this way. January 6th, capital criminals feel as strongly about their convictions as I do about mine. Fox News is as burdened to share their story as I am burdened to share my own. Zionist Israeli nationalists feel great passion about their country the way I feel great compassion for my community. The Palestinian people want to live as much as American capitalists want to thrive. Indigenous people want to live as much, I'm sorry, as indigenous people want to return to their ancestral homeland as much as um, as much as Christian nationalists want to proselytize their states and nations' laws. The voiceless victims of genocide and abuse want to be seen as much as Gen Zers want to be trending. Allies feel a heavy burden to fight to expose wrongdoings as much as religious extremist groups feel a heavy burden to fight to conceal them. And when does it ever end? People right now have been radically exposed to the visuals, the visuals of colonization, genocide, and terror in ways that we might not have so blatantly 
experienced as a whole before. We've seen pictures of this category of terrorism and murder in the name of manifest destiny before. It hits a little different now that the news is instant and on the ground. Um, And I want to go back for a moment. I want you to go with me for a moment back in time. This is some history they don't teach our children in schools, but this is our a little bit about U.S. history. My mind goes back to the Wounded Knee Massacre in South Dakota. In December of 1890, 500 U.S. troops opened fire. I knew knew this was going to happen, but 500 U.S. troops opened fire on my people. The Lakota Sioux, 300 Lakota Sioux were camped at Wounded Knee Creek. This camp was filled with men, women, and children. And in a violent, heartless rage, these U.S. troops led a complete massacre of, of my people. Half of those killed, as we've seen in today's news, which renders me so heavy, half of those killed were women, children, and the elderly. Most of my unarmed ancestors were unarmed. The remnants of the Lakota Sioux people were forcibly removed from their ancestral homelands and marched to the Pine Ridge Reservation where my father was born in 1933, just 73 years later. This painful example of genocide was incited by what we, what my dad would say, the white man's sensational news spreading about like wildfire across the country about a plains indigenous religious movement that gave strength and hope to the plains natives from current day Nevada to current day the Dakotas. And it was called the ghost dance. Originally, the ghost dance preached peaceful coexistence with the white man. Um, But I know my people, the Lakota Sioux, led by my ancestor, Chief Sitting Bull, enhanced this dance with a prophetic notion that this religious act would remove Euro-Americans from their lands. U.S. officials viewed this movement as a threat to U.S. Indian policy and 
and, and then it indicated uh, for them that the Lakota warriors intended on starting and inciting a war against America. This, um, a huge blow came and the end was near after they assassinated Chief Sitting Bull, who helped, again, foster the practice of the ghost dance to his people. And then was uh, followed by the, the genocide at Wounded Knee. The victims of this massacre were not found to be engaged in any combat and were not guilty of any crime. And I think that's, that's what hurts me so deeply about the Palestinian women and children and elderly. The US soldiers that slaughtered my people were awarded medals of honor for their acts of outright murder and terrorism. So there are many parallels that I draw from this moment in history to the history we are living today. But I have to be honest, the clamoring, self-righteous screaming and boldly protesting and proclaiming have exhausted me in a way that I haven't felt before. The struggles of the indigenous peoples of Palestine and other indigenous communities around the world suffering from terrorism and colonization prick my heart and my soul beyond what words can carry. It is heavy. I do feel my ancestors' pain coursing through my veins and cells and neurons. I ask myself, what is so complicated about seeing red as red? What is so complicated about seeing murder as wrong? What is so complicated about seeing the practice of manifest destiny, evil as evil in all its forms? And, and to be honest, I have more questions than answers in writing this message, but I, I just couldn't go anywhere else with the scripture and maintain authenticity. I'm thankful, again, for a space like Kaleo where we can feel safe to wrestle with these issues together as a larger community and to also give Yahweh the last word. Today, I read a devotion from Black Liturgies on Instagram. Bell Hooks said this, Rarely, if ever, are any of us healed in isolation. We have to be aware of the extent to which liberal individualism has actually been an assault on community. When the genuine staff of life is our interdependency, is our capacity to feel both with and for ourselves and for other people when you wake up and find yourself living someplace where there is nobody you love and trust and no community. It is time, when you do wake up and find that there's nobody to love and trust in community, it is time to leave, pack up and go, and where you need to go is any place where there are arms that can hold you that will not let you go. And my, the second scripture I wanted to read is, every man, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, 
but the Lord weighs the heart. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked are sin. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty, who is hasty comes to poverty. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. The violence of the weak, weak of the wicked will sweep them away because they refuse to do what is just. The way of the guilty is crooked, but the conduct of the pure is upright. And that's Proverbs 21, starting at verse 2. The ghost dance practiced by my ancestors was a spiritual movement, both physically, of course, as a dance, but also a movement of collaboration of minds and hearts in solidarity, identifying with the same pain and believing for the same outcomes. It was a ceremony that brought my people together in a communal circle of dance. So I want you to imagine for a moment, if you have to close your eyes, please do. Imagine for a moment, if you've never been to a powwow, imagine hundreds and hundreds of indigenous people, and sometimes even thousands, that came to one of these ceremonies dancing together in a circle in the same direction, holding hands, singing the same prayers, swaying and shuffling and and matching each other's rhythm to the one song being sung by the elders and singers in the middle of the circle dancing night after night after night and ending it on the fourth or fifth day with communal feasting and communal cleansing in the river. That was the ghost dance. Imagine these people wearing eagle feathers and and horns in their full regalia with a firm belief that this would help bring about the settlers leaving their lands, their buffalo being restored, and the lands being returned to the indigenous peoples across the continent, that ancestors would be resurrected and that all would live in peace. They were slaughtered for radically daring to hope in this. A few weeks ago, with the heaviness of the world watching Palestinian people be slaughtered by their oppressors, I just wanted and needed to be in community with my people. And so um, I felt deeply triggered and painfully powerless, and I dragged my daughter to a powwow clear across 
the valley. And then after feeding her some fry bread, <laughs> I dragged her into a communal dance where any and everyone could join in the dance while the singers sang their chant and, and prayer in the, in the indigenous tongue and beat the drum with an ancestral rhythm that my very blood bent toward. I felt safe again within my community. And I took a moment within that circle and looked around. If you could imagine being in a circle like that. I looked at the proud men and women in their regalia, in their feathers, in their hair, and draped around their figures, long braids cascading down their shoulders. Babies and children rhythmically shuffling at their side in sync. And we were all one. And I thought to myself, I don't fear death or rejection of, or evil in a space like this, with and among my people, guided by one drumbeat, by one song, by one common desire to live and to thrive authentically as our ancestors fought before us to do. It's how I imagined the brave and selfless doctors at Al-Shifa Hospital in northern Gaza who have continually refused to leave amidst mandatory evacuation, being absolutely resolute to stay with their people, their patients, finding a bit of peace amongst all the chaos in their decision, finding comfort in knowing they will be amongst their people in life and in death. And I pray that for us as a community, that we continue to sustain a place, a soft landing place, where we can be on one accord, with one heart, with one voice, going in one direction, beating to one drum, with a common desire to live out the ways of Jesus. The ways that don't bend towards Christian nationalism. The ways that do not bend towards slaughter, oppression, and colonization. but the ways of Jesus that bend towards the arc of justice. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. And the king will say, come you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. 
I was in prison and you came to me. Jesus, have the final word. Let us pray. God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for visiting us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. God, thank you that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us, God. Thank you for making us a community of people that have found this place and deemed it safe enough to come as our whole selves. God, we pray that you would give us the boldness, the fortitude, the strength, the wisdom, the humility to show up everywhere in the world as our whole selves, God. We bring our trauma, we bring our joy, we bring our hope, we bring our happiness, we bring our pain, we bring our sadness, God, we bring our loved ones that we hold in our heart, we bring our ancestors, we bring our children, God, we want to join in your kingdom, God, the most holy ghost dance. We, we wait for that day where you welcome us. And we are in one circle. We are one voice. We are one heart and one mind pointed towards you, God. That's something we fight for every single day right now. God, let us hear your voice through the distractions. God, let us feel your heart in the midst of all the other voices and wills and opinions. God, we just want to be your servants, God. Reveal to us how we show up as our whole selves in every situation. Thank you so much, Jesus, for your guidance and your wisdom and your knowledge. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For more resources or information about Kaleo, please visit our website at kaleophx.com or follow us on social media. If this episode has been helpful to you, let us know or share it with someone you know.